I'm Lur from the uh, planet Omicron Percy I ate. Hello and welcome back to the I'm American Football Show. I'm your host Nate, here to guide you through the next hour of NFL-related nonsense. Um, we've only got the Scottish branch of the gruesome twosome this week, uh, so as ever, Ross, good to good to have you here, mate. Do you have a good weekend? I had a I had a lovely weekend. I had a lovely weekend, but we are initiating the no homers rule here, so I can't talk what as to why I had a good weekend. Um, at least in one regard. But I can tell the audience about one other particularly result that I'm particularly fond of, uh, which happened on Saturday. Um, shall we tell them about the, the tough show outing to uh, Stevenage Football Club, where the mighty Carlisle yeah, United, the mighty Northerners, uh, came and rolled into town, came away with a 2-0 victory? I've just told them and, that. So. Uh, that. Yeah, that, and that's that. We don't need to talk about that anymore. <laughs> Um, what a game! What a game! <laughs> straight on. Uh, Stephen Edgeworth starts control first half. Carlisle had no efforts. Yeah, they yeah. had like one shot in like the second minute, and then did nothing else for a half. Stephen should have been probably two 0 up at half time, and uh, came out in the second half and did what Stephen do best, which is uh, not actually come out in the second half. Dreadful. Odds were against us. We were the road team uh, on familiar territory, and we we come away with the three points, and we're both well still in that relegation dogfight. So uh, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, yeah. At least you're still down here with us. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's 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 not so lonely down here as a Stevenage fan. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But uh, that's probably enough of us talking about uh, League Two Football Club and the NFL podcast. But I enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah. No, it was it was it was good laugh. We had some. Fairly decent food. Got to hang and chat and uh, talk, talk tough plans. Two pound pints as well. Time to be alive. Two, Two pound p- pints as well. Even if even if the pints weren't very good. Two yeah. pound pints and and down and sat down south. Like that's that's hard to come by. So I was very fond of it. Yeah, yeah, it's the only the only point. Uh, that's two pounds south of Watford Gap. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Historic. Historic. <laughs> Uh right. Um, well, I'll hand over to you. This is your this is your bit. This is the news. Back to normality, and um, sadly, what has become a new norm uh, actually is that COVID is sweeping the league um, once again. Uh, Odell Beckham Jr. has tested positive. He's been put on the COVID list um, just today. I think a lot of Rams players are being put on the COVID list, from what I've read, as are uh, at least eight Cleveland Browns, from what I've seen. Um, so really coming right into the depths of the season now like where like where it really matters people are pushing for playoff spots um jarvis landry austin hooper Jedrick wills wyatt taylor all starters for the browns they're all going to be on the on the COVID list and likely to miss this weekend's games coming off a ravens victory which was crucial um to staying in the playoff hunt so uh yeah we're coming down to the crunch time and uh, sadly, we're going to be well without a lot of stars this coming Sunday because of uh, that. I'll say it, that bastard COVID strikes again. <laughs> yeah. Um, not only um, is it running rampant in LA, and um, Cleveland, Kansas City Chiefs have placed uh, Chris Jones on the uh, COVID 19 list as well. So uh, he is vaccinated. So if he has two negative tests in the next twenty four hours, he can play Thursday night. But that's a real small that's a real small window to turn around, isn't it? It is as well. Yeah, especially with the Thursday night game. Um on the road to uh LA as well. Um well I hear that uh the Colts are getting Ryan Kelly back. He's gonna be activated from the, the COVID list. So Hopefully. Yeah. Hopefully. Um it's I, I it, it's touch and go, I think. Um two tweets I saw this morning, one which was directly quoting Frank Reich and one that was not not so directly quoting but more paraphrasing, literally four minutes apart. One saying Ryan Kelly should return and the other saying Ryan Kelly is still on the COVID list. So who knows? Who knows what's happening there? 
Yeah, it just no it just it's just rubbish for the league, really, isn't it? It's like we like let's say we're getting down to the crunch time, and then you're you're missing some of your best players. Um, it's interesting that the, uh, the Premier League and NFL are both similarly affected with uh, COVID outbreaks at the same time. Yeah, it's I guess it's a mixture of it being winter again. So, I mean, people are inside more, I guess, probably hanging out more inside rather than out and about elsewhere. Um, there's lots of other illnesses going to be breaking through camps now as well. It is flu season, like, anyway. So, um, it doesn't I help think... that uh, Lur from the planet Omicron Persia is invading the world. <laughs> <laughs> Obscure Futurama. Drake in there. That is, that is that is right in there, and it's well over my head. But I gave you a polite laugh. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I know who the um, I know who the the podcast uh, episode image is going to be now. Yeah, well, there you go. Exactly. Uh, I figured have you, something have out. You never, have you have you never watched Futurama? I've watched Futurama. I was I was more of a Simpsons kid though. Um, uh, Futurama is much better than Simpsons, mate. Maybe, maybe not. It's probably like a, big, another big, debate. This big alien that just like every time he arrives in a in a scene, she's like, "Ah, oh, I'm Lur from the planet Omicron Percy I eight. Like, just invades Earth all the time. It's great. <laughs> See, it's just like I don't remember him whatsoever. So clearly, he just made no impact on my life oh, in any of the episodes I watched. Honestly, quality. Right. Uh, let's 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 move it on from the depressing state of the world's health and let's uh let's move on to the best segment of the show it's the week in 60 seconds that's proper built me up like put pressure on me to perform now isn't it and i notice it's only the the, the best segment of the show whenever you're doing it um, well, i said it last week no did you okay I said it last I'll week when, uh, when alan did it yeah i'll let you off then i'll let you off <laughs> Fair enough. but it's absolutely the best segment of the show when i do it no no <laughs> no, no, if buts are no, I need to stop building it up because I've done. Made, I've made no special effort really to uh, have a running theme or anything. I've just written stuff. So uh... that's right. That's right. Bog standard. Get it done. You know, we have a job to do. Yeah, exactly right. I'm just going to set myself up a little timer because last week uh, I forgot to give one to Alan. He was well within a minute. Um, but you know, we don't want to make it too hard, too easy. Sorry. Uh, okay, so here we go. The week in 60 seconds. As ever, we begin with Thursday Night Football where the Steelers visited Viking country and were beaten by Kirky's cousins and some Chase Claypool antics. The Cowboys took half of Jerry World to Washington and jogged themselves to a one-score win. And the Jaguars visited Music City and got shut out, presumably because Urban was more focused on his night out than the actual game. Uh, Seahawks visited Texas and put down a woeful Texans, while the Raiders visited Arrowhead and got scalped. The Falcons won away at divisional rivals, the Panthers, and the Ravens lost Lamar early in a narrow loss to Cle- in Cleveland. Um, the Giants' name rang true as they proved they're more Goliath than David as they lost to the Chargers. Uh, the Lions typically uh, hardly turned up in an emotional game for the Broncos. The 49ers prove, continue to prove me wrong and put the brakes on the Bengals' playoff push, while the Bills also stumbled in Tampa and fell out of the wildcard places. Um, the Bears went to the Green Bay, uh, but left feeling cheesed off after losing, obviously. And finally, Matty Staff's Rams got some revenge on the Cardinals and won on Monday Night Football. <sighs> Savage. Just... Oh, I stumbled a bit on a couple, I don't of, know. couple of lines there. I think the, uh, I think you were right in that spot where the ref's looking at the play clock. It's gone zero. Then he looks back and the ball has been snapped. So I think you get away with it, and he lets the play go. Yeah, yeah. I think that's where you were at there. Yeah, my my, I have to say my um my favorite line. I don't even re- I don't remember reading the line. The Falcons won away at divisional rivals the Panthers. I'm sure I did. Um, but my favourite line from that is uh, the Raiders visited Arrowhead and got scalped. <laughs> yeah, I didn't catch that one live. Accurate. But the, the, uh, the Urban Meyer, I was, I was still beside myself over the Urban Meyer one for <laughs> the next 30 seconds, to be fair, so I might have missed a few of the lines. Mm. Obviously, Kirky's <laughs> Steelers visited Viking country and were beaten by Kirky's cousins. And some Chase Kirk Cable. and his cousins, yes. And, and some 
Chase Claypool antics. Oh, we'll get on to that because I'm very annoyed by that. Uh, oh, yeah. good, good, because it really fucks me off as well. <laughs> <laughs> really, really, really pissed me off. Um, okay, so uh, let's um, let's 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 move on to the uh, well, the second best segment of the show, which is uh, the No Homers Club. No homers. Uh, and we're gonna we're gonna start with Ross. Um, so, Cowboys twenty-seven at Washington Football Team twenty. Dak Prescott almost caught the Cowboys a game that cost the Cowboys a game that might have ended their hopes of a number one seed in the NFC with a loss. However, the defense bailed them out, uh, taking the ball away from a woeful Washington offense four times on route to a twenty-seven points to twenty uh, victory for the Cowboys, closer than it needed to be, um, but a victory nonetheless for Dallas to stay on track. Very nice, uh, and I will wrap up this segment. Saints 30 at Jets, who scored a measly nine points. Uh, five straight losses don't really sit well with the New Orleans Saints, so they gave the Jets an absolute fucking hiding. It's all right, no flags here. I, mean, I don't need to talk anymore about it because we're still shit. So. <laughs> short, short, short and sweet, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, let's move on to some uh, some fun games. Yeah, so I mean, if we if we're talking fun games, um, were there any? The Chiefs forty eight Raiders nine is pretty silly. It's silly. It's well, it's silly because it's uh, scoregami, which let's yeah, let's yes, we've got to mention the scoregami. Best thing about football, yeah, bur- frankly. Yeah, we're burning. That Twitter account might be the best thing about football, actually. <laughs> Very accurate. Very, I, I love the data and stats like that. So I, I'm yeah, well I absolutely love their website, and I spend far more. I mean, I don't spend that much time on it at all. However, I spend fast far more time than is necessary looking at the graph. <laughs> uh, so that's that is definitely the lead of the this game because uh, other than that, it was just an absolute pace thing by the Chiefs of the Raiders. But uh, to be fair. The Raiders had it coming for them the moment they uh, huddled together as a team and on, made their way over to on, the, yeah. the Chiefs logo in the middle of Arrowhead. Like, Just, I don't know who at, it was that did it. At this stage, but, why? Why? Yeah. I don't know. I, it never works out. It, I'm telling no. you, it never works out. No. You always get your... To bring it back to something we've talked about a lot on the show, the, the, the taunting calls and the taunting flags and things like that. That's flag-worthy, um, frankly. It's flag-worthy. But me and my me and my pal were actually talking about this, and it's why it's things like the taunting flags shouldn't be like over refed and over uh, officiated um, by the referee and by the league, because yeah, Cause you, you always get your comeuppance. You miss out on moments like this, don't you? Yeah, but like at the same time, I think in life you always get your comeuppance. Like it always gets what's coming to you. Um, football and sport and life always has a funny way of doing that. And I think if the Raiders do that and they they taunt, then late just three hours later they're left leaving the stadium, leaving Arrowhead, licking their wounds after forty-eight nine defeat. Like that's that's the way of life, and that's why I don't think you need to over officiate taunting because if if you go if you taunt someone after a big play or something, how often do you see on the next drive the the offense goes and scores a touchdown or whatever, or that same player gets run over in a tackle or something in a collision yeah, you, with the running you, back. You make a you make a you make a desperate third down play. You celebrate it in someone's face. They're going to pick you off or make you fumble the ball within the next five minutes. It's, especially if your name is Chase Claypool, right? Yeah, I I think more often than not, when the the whole league is you know players full of t- testosterone that are playing on such high level of emotions. Um, you're always going to get some plays and some reactions that are a little bit over the top, but the ones that are really over the top and just cynical and dumb and, taunt and, and taunting, sure, more often than not, they get what's coming to them eventually. So I don't think you need to over-officiate. No, no, absolutely not. Talking of idiots and celebrating things they shouldn't, Steelers could have won that yeah. game. Yeah. Maybe. If Chase really? played... How many like twenty seven seconds or something on the clock? Chase Claypool gets a third, gets a gets a first down, and uh, instead of rushing back to the huddle, like just fucks around and celebrates and does a stupid little dance. 
Yeah. He, um, he's everything that's wrong with football. <laughs> I don't know if he's everything that's wrong with football, but right. it's pretty close. He's not. He's not. But he did. Uh, he did learn from the master um, TikToker and uh, master distraction in the league of uh, Juju Smith-Schuster, I suppose. Um, you can see uh, he does have a big TikTok as well. Chase Claypool, apparently, have have been told. Yeah, which doesn't surprise me. Yeah, maybe, maybe maybe more accurately, I should say that uh, the Steelers' wide receiver core is what's wrong with football. What's wrong with football? Yeah, there you go. Um, more accurate there. I've I've seen his um, interviews after the fact of what was going on there, and he there's no excusing it. There's no excusing it. But we we're you know let's let's bring both sides to the table. He said he he felt like the referee referee was nowhere near the spot. He was on the hash where the ball would be spotted. So once the referee came and took the ball, you weren't actually wasting more than two seconds because the referee still wasn't there and you were already on the hash, then it would have been spotted. He was very close to his position where he was going to be for the next play anyway. Um, but but you, I don't by, know. By, by standing there and dicking around rather than finding the referee and giving them the ball, you just open yeah. yourself up for the criticism and it frankly is absolutely deserved. You're gonna tart around. You should expect people to be pissed off, especially when you've got 27 seconds of football left. Hundred percent agree. And then it, the optics of it are horrible. And then obviously it just gets worse from there because the lineman uh, sees what he's doing and he's like, "Dude, what are you doing?" Goes to grab the ball. Then they both fumble the ball and it's kicked around for five more seconds before the referee then spots it. Um, so I, you know, I get what he's trying to say, and that there wasn't any time. But realistically, if you're a professional, you do what the likes of Larry Fitzgerald do, which is immediately run the ball to the referee. You start pushing the referee to the spot, and you start dragging him along with you to make sure the ball is spotted. Sometimes, yeah, you run the referee to the run the ball to the referee, hand it to him, pick him up, and run him back. Yes, yeah, that's that's that's, that's the professional move, yeah. and sure. uh, Chase Claypool has a lot of learning to do yeah. still. Should we stay in the uh, the uh, AFC North and talk about the Ravens Browns? Yeah, let's do it because it was Miles, kind of mental towards the end, wasn't it? Miles Garrett had a good game, didn't he? Whew. Some player, yeah. Garrett is, yeah, he's just exceptional. I think I'd heard like he's not quite had a big, massive, like signature moment in a, a close, close game. I would say, um, and that forced fumble, strip sack, return for touchdown that. Technically, really won them the game um, on the final scoreline, at least. Uh, it's just an exceptional play that uh, very few players could make, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just, it's. I stopped paying attention at half time because I was like, Jesus Christ, what's going on here? 24 6 up at half, at the half. Lamar's out of the game. Mm-hmm. You just kind of think, well, done in it. No point, not no point in paying attention to that second half, and I don't think the Ravens would have put that much, that many points on the board if Raven, if Lamar had been in. After you know starting with six points, you know I don't think they'd have put sixteen on the board. No, I think the Browns' defense was all over them all game, and then uh, the offense just couldn't get going at all in the second yeah. half. Didn't didn't score any points in the second half. Yeah, dread, and, uh, absolutely just, dreadful. Just started to let. A Tyler Huntley led offense back into the game. Now, how weird is it to think that the Browns are still at seven and six, and oh, pretty close to a wild, pretty close to the wild card. I mean, there's a whole host of teams of seven and six in the AFC. They're not far off a playoff berth. I just feel like they're yeah. not very good. I find it difficult because I just we've said this before. I don't. I just don't think there's a powerhouse in the AFC anymore, right? So I get what you're saying in that they're not very good, but I, I look at who's ahead of them, and you know I think the Colts are better. Sure, fine, that's fine. The Bills, yeah, maybe just better. The Chargers, I don't think are much better. The Ravens, they just beat the Ravens. Um, all ahead of them. Chiefs are getting better. Yeah. Titans without Derek Henry are no good, in my opinion. I mean, Patriots, the... I still don't quite believe in Mac Jones. Like that's everyone ahead yeah. of him. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Just. Uh... The... I think I I genuinely don't know who's going to win the AFC North. It's not going to be the Steelers. 
It is uh, wide open. Who are six, six and one. So, you know, they're only a couple of wins back from the Ravens. But it's just crazy, isn't it? It's just crazy. We're crazy close that division. Um, Let's stick with a few few games that are higher scoring. Uh, Chargers, Giants, 37 points to 21. Um, Giants had a crazy fourth quarter. Yeah, they did. They um, they they made it a little bit closer than uh, you might have expected. But really, Justin Herbert was the star of the show in this game, right? He uh, this was the game that kind of he stamped his authority uh, on the on the season again. Made it, let everyone know that he can uh, he can really ball out when he has to. And uh, the Chargers did what they're supposed to do, which is beat a bad team. So uh, any team with Mike Glennon as a quarterback, you're supposed to beat them. Uh, <laughs> um, they had uh, the Giants had uh, Riley Dixon, the punter, throwing a throwing a pass at one point in the, on a on a fake punt, which is, which screamed of uh, a coach trying to save his job. For me personally, um, yeah, I just think that the Chargers are starting to build a little bit of momentum now uh, after beating the Bengals and now the Giants. So uh, again, in that wide open AFC, I think you just have to. You, if the Chargers, if this is them getting hot, then there's only four weeks of the season left, right? Like this, this could be the them timing it just right for a, a postseason run. Yeah, I think they've got to be considered one of the favourites with a little bit of form that they're putting to putting together now, um, and a team that looked like they might be slipping away. The Bengals, who lost uh, lost uh, on home soil against the Forty uh, ers who I'm going to stop slating. I'm gonna stop slag, stop slagging them off because uh, they keep proving me wrong. Yeah, I think these guys were the. It's either this game. I don't know if anyone was else was watching Red Zone in the late games, but the, this 49ers Bengals and uh, Bills Bucks games were probably the two games of the week, and probably two games we should spend a little bit more time on because I don't remember a Red Zone in a late set of games where both ga- you have two games go to overtime and then both are ended on uh, walk off touchdowns. And the Niners game was just amazing. Like you just thought the Niners had it in, in hand, especially at halftime. Uh, the Bengals fans were booing Joe Burrow and the offense and the coach and everything as they came off the field. Even in the third quarter, the Bengals were still struggling. And then they score 14 points in the fourth out of nowhere. Joe Burrow looks like the former first overall pick. Um, he's finding T. Higgins all over the place, finds Jamar Chase for possibly the play of the week in the back corner of the end zone uh, late on to tie things up. And it goes to overtime, you think all the momentum's with the Bengals, and then the Niners just come back and walk things off with a a crazy touchdown by uh, Brandon Ayuk, yes. who uh, played really well. Yeah, how, how about uh, bringing your name back into, into the news after you've basically done nothing all season? It was a great Great, uh, great effort from uh, Ayuk to wind his way into the corner and just just break the plane over the that pylon. Crazy finish! It, uh, mate, uh, I was loving overtime win, no matter no matter what way, it, no matter what way it goes, and they uh, they certainly went and earned it, didn't they? For sure, and George Kittle is just an absolute phenom. I don't know. <laughs> Anytime Red Zone turned uh, over to this game, it was George Kittle making a play in the middle of the field <laughs> yeah. with uh, two or yeah. three de- defenders bouncing off him. Yeah, is he is he best tight end in the league again? He's, he's heading that way, isn't he? If the 49ers make a run here, and he's he's the reason. I mean, he's, he's I don't think way. you can argue with him being the reason there. <laughs> yeah, Debo, Debo was back, surprisingly. It was. I love the way they use Debo. Like, it's just, I don't know if there's many players like him in the league. Like, they've just made him a running back now, but then he will still line up on the outside every now and then. Yeah, it's um, it's weird, but you can't. You almost don't know how to defend against it because you genuinely don't know what he's going to do. I think Kyle Shanahan's just thought, look, like, he's struggled to stay healthy his first couple of years in the league. Let's just, while he's healthy, get him the ball as much as we possibly can. Um, and I can't blame him for it because it's... Uh, Keeping them in games and now winning them games. Yeah, you mentioned the uh, the bills and uh, bills and bills and bucks. It was, it was another one where uh, Tampa were twenty four three up at the half, and the bills came storming back in that fourth quarter. Um, lots of lots of games that were 
really different like between the two halves, weren't they? My uh, my 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 daughter's had a bit of a nightmare and then has whacked her leg on like the edge of her bed. So uh, oh, she's a no. uh, savage. Yeah, so I'm sure the listeners can, uh, when I'm talking, can hear my daughter crying in the background. I'm just sat in there, sat here ignoring her. My wife is with her. <laughs> it's all out. It's all handled. Tell sorted. Don't call. Don't, you don't need to call social services. Calm the fuck down. Let's talk about the Bills Buffalo. Bit of the Bills Tampa because, like I said, uh, Buffalo actually mirrored um, Tampa's scores in the first half. You know, Tampa had seven in the first quarter and then seventeen in the second. That's exactly what uh, the Bills did in the. Uh, in fact, it was a complete mirror. It was a complete mirror. The first halves they swapped. Yep. It's weird, weird, weird game that. Great game. It was just a game. It's just the game I was really hoping that obviously that Buffalo would eke out at the end and uh, or in overtime and uh, yeah, I I was in a weird position because I was like, oh, I don't like it when Tom Brady wins, but if Tom Brady wins, then the Colts are in the playoffs again. So, I don't like it, but please win. Not bad bye week, is it? And Josh Allen had a, and Josh Allen actually had a. Well, exactly. Josh Allen actually had a phenomenal day as well. Oh, crazy! Like, yeah, three hundred eight passing yards, then one hundred nine rushing yards. That's not a bad day at the office. And then uh, I don't know. I just thought the Buffalo were going to eke this one out after that big comeback. I think you think all the momentum was going their way. Um, and then Tom Brady does well. The defense gets a stop in overtime. To be fair. And then Tom Brady uh, does what Tom Brady does in the clutch and just leads them on that game-winning touchdown drive. And Seven, here we are, the Buccaneers Tom, win again. It was Tom Brady's 700th touchdown pass. Yeah, he's just... He's, he's not bad, is he? Fucking hell, I wish he'd retire. And he hits Brashad Perriman for his first, yeah, his first target of the game. 94 for yards in total, that. Yeah. 94 yards, 58 yard pass from six plays, 94 yards that drive, wild isn't it yeah, then that, that 58 yard touchdown was just a really really good play call that you can't really argue with I guess uh, I suppose we've got well, I, I suppose we've got to we probably should talk about the Rams uh, playing a fairly dominant game against the Cards yeah, yeah. So I, it was all square at uh, the half but um they stormed away in the uh, third quarter and left left Kyler and Co. scrambling and trying to catch up, and they they just couldn't couldn't manage it. Kyler didn't have a single touchdown pass, two interceptions, but no touchdowns. It doesn't rare, is it? He ran fairly, uh, sixty-one yards. He ran fairly. He scrambled fairly well, but they didn't. Yeah. There wasn't a lot of designed quarterback runs, but no. yeah, they just. Rams played really, really good red zone defense. You have to say. Yeah, uh, yeah, Aaron, yeah. Or, and Aaron Donald was, was had an Aaron Donald type game. I was mentioning Miles Garrett not having a, a game winning yeah. moment in the season, but Aaron Donald then does the same thing. Yeah, yeah. I feel like Aaron Donald's been a bit quieter this year. You know, like he's still a great player and still doing great things, but he's not been like the headline act every single week, which you kind of started to expect with Aaron Donald. Um. But yeah, no, he had a f- f- fucking monster of a game, frankly, didn't he? Uh, it was really good. Yeah. Also, um, that Cooper Cup touchdown, where you know it's it's proper like I, I don't know, like, thrown at his ankles, and st- he still catches it. And how the hell did that happen? I, 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 I was I, when I was watching it back this morning, I was like, what What have I just watched? Cooper Cup, you mean Matty Stafford's? New best friend, I think. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I know he used to have Calvin Johnson back in Detroit, but I think he's actually been uh, longing for a Cooper Cup all his life. If you look at his yeah. his stats this year, looks like it. Adel Beckham's numbers were pretty good. Um, six receptions, seventy-seven yards, one touchdown. Yeah, he's. I don't know. I think they're starting to find any any mid-season trade it's obviously going to be very difficult to find some sort of chemistry between quarterback and wide receiver you don't have the whole off-season together and I think you're just starting to see that 
kind of happen now, seeing Stafford and Beckham start to get on the same page, and then Beckham goes on the COVID list just as uh, just as uh, everyone expected. So, um, should probably pay some uh, lip service to uh, the Broncos smashing the Lions, as you would expect, really, um, on the uh, the DT eighty eight sort of memorial celebration game whatever um obviously it's uh it was awful news waking up to to see what's what had happened um with thomas and uh did him pretty proud right yeah i I don't think we've yeah we haven't touched on it have we i suppose yeah one of my uh favorite players on a different team to what i supported but um, couldn't believe it, like you say. Just couldn't believe it. Thought it was um, thought it was a sick, horrible rumor at first, and then uh, you know, you start to see more reporters confirm it and confirm it, and you're like, okay, maybe. But I think the uh, I don't know if you saw or if uh, everyone's got a chance to see what the Broncos did on the opening play of the game, where they uh they lined up with only ten players and uh left uh where Thomas would line up usually, uh left that spot open without a player, and took a delay of penalty, delay of game penalty, um, which the Lions rejected the penalty, obviously. Yeah, nice, a, nice, nice touch. I can imagine a few GMs or a few head coaches down the league being like, nah, idiots. I'll have that. Yeah. Uh, Urban Meyer <laughs> yeah, would have jumped on that, wouldn't he? Take five. Yeah, take five. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it was a really nice touch. Uh, and I'm amazed I haven't seen any... Any photoshops of DT being lined up in the in that that gap? To be honest, yeah. So it's only it's, it's only a matter of time. If I don't see one by tomorrow, I might make one myself. There we go. Get some get some content up there. Oh wait, great receiver, oh, just wait, really wait. good receiver. Yeah, no, he was cool. he was class. It was a uh, seeing him and Peyton play for a couple of years was a uh, was pretty crazy. Mm. Yeah, everyone will remember the um. The one that the famous one is uh, the the Tim Tebow connection, <laughs> and uh, that uh, that the wild card walk off touchdown. Uh, if you haven't if you haven't seen it, if you're a newer fan of the of the sport, just uh, well, a Google Tim Tim Tebow because that's that's something in itself. <laughs> but then uh, <laughs> that's a story in itself. But uh, if you're Tom, a newer Tom's, fan, Tom's going to get a mention on the show again. Oh, yeah, Tom loves that, Tim Tebow. He loves Tim Tebow. He loves Tebow. But. Uh, 2011 wildcard game against the Steelers. Just go watch the highlights of that game because uh, Thomas was at his best and uh, he had probably the biggest moment of his career in that game. Um, was doing the rounds on Twitter this week. Just a fantastic moment, fantastic game. A couple of other games we should uh, we should mention, although there's probably not much reason to talk about them. Titans shutting out Jaguars on home soil, 20 points to nothing. The, the Titans who are banged up and have like half a team absolutely dominated and smashed away the Jaguars who put up absolutely no fight whatsoever. I mean, Chester Rogers muffed, well, fumble, fumbled a kick early on and the Jaguars couldn't even get, couldn't, couldn't recover it. Uh, absolutely nothing else to talk about in that game, so we won't. Um, so seeing as Alan's here, no, Alan's not here, we can talk about how the Cowboys made really, really, really hard work of beating a very ordinary Washington team, didn't they? I don't know if you saw the, the Dak Prescott pick six, but it's just an awful, awful throw. That, fucking dreadful, isn't it? Absolutely dreadful. I was watching it live and I, was, I couldn't believe it. It was like, you could see it. You, I could see the linebacker. Like I know it's easier sitting down on the sofa and whatever, but then they showed the angle behind the quarterback and what he could see. And you're like... It just doesn't make any sense, does it? Like what are you doing? Um, uh, yeah, they struggle. I mean, they're they're playing Kyle Allen on the other side of the, the ball for at least the the last quarter of this game as well, and they still made hard hard go of it. But the defense stepped up, as has been a trend with um, high powered offensive teams in the league in the last month or so. Have actually, been relying on their defenses, like the Cowboys, the Chiefs, uh, even the Bills in some games. So it's a uh, it's been a little bit weird to see, but I guess this this Cowboys defense they can. Well, I don't know. I don't want to say too much because realistically, again, it was only Tyler Heineke and Kyle Allen. But um, 
if the Cowboys defense can put in a performance like this, a dominating performance, then it's going to bode well for the Cowboys in the, the postseason, you'd think. But um, don't know if they can do they, it every week. They, the, their offense needs to step up. It's just, I was, and they're just, just sort of unimpressive. Uh, they've got a really impressive, impressive unit there. And they made hard work of beating a team that are average at best. Um, moving on, Falcons uh, went to Carolina and beat the Panthers 29 points to 21. Since I said the Panthers would make the playoffs, they've lost to the Washington football team, they've lost to the Miami Dolphins, and now they've lost to the Atlanta Falcons. They've got to play the Bills, the Bucks, the Saints, and the Bucks to wrap up the season. So um, they're 5 and 8 at the moment, and they're going to finish 5 and 12. And Cam Newton will still have not won a game with the Panthers since he left them in like <laughs> 2019 or whatever it was. No, uh... no, he won't, will he? Um, yeah, there's not really, I don't know, not really much to talk about in this game, is there? Nah, I don't actually want to talk about the Seahawks Texans game either because that's two, two bad games, oh, two bad teams. Yeah, they're... we'll just going gloss over that one, pretend that, that they... didn't happen. I just want to say, they. The Texans threw the ball an awful lot. Obviously, they were in the catch-up for the entire game, more or less. But Davis Mills, 33 completions, 331 yards, one touchdown. It's not bad stats. I mean, it's 33 of 49, so it's not great. But like, he definitely put the yards on the board. They just couldn't do anything with it. That's probably his best game as a Texan. He, um, and he, was, he actually opened the game, I think. I think he opened the game 14 for 14. Uh, the Texans were were up seven nil um, and driving, uh, and then I think they fumbled the ball and turned the ball over, and then it was a little bit downhill from there. Uh, but just looking at his his stats, uh, it is his best game. He's got three three hundred yard games: Seattle, Rams, and uh, New England. So two of those defenses are pretty good as well. You know what I will say about Davis Mills? I've said it a lot on this show, is that he is still very, very, very young and inexperienced. And I've mentioned before that he only played like 12 games in college because yeah. he had a bunch of injuries. So this any experience, any snaps he's getting, um, no matter how bad the talent is around him, is hopefully going to make him better moving forward. Um, I, hope, I hope he does get a good chance with a better supporting cast at some point. Yeah, uh, he's got a move to do that, hasn't he? Yeah, well, you, you would you would hope so if you wanted um, anything good for him to go yeah. his way. Uh, and I guess we'll 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 finish off with um, Bears Bears Packers, um, which was Sunday night football. Um, the Bears leading twenty seven uh, twenty one at the half, uh, and then allowed. Two well, three scoring drives from the uh, from the Packers without answer in the third quarter to just let the game run away from them. Um, Aaron Rodgers twenty nine completions, three hundred and forty one yards, four touchdowns. Devontae Adams ten receptions for one hundred and twenty one yards and uh, two touchdowns. Sort of made light work of them in the second half, didn't they? The the Bears sort of bared. I'll let you in on a little little secret. Me and uh, me and my pal, me and my flatmate, we uh, we stayed up a little bit too late on Sunday. We were we had a couple of whiskeys. We were like <laughs> got got to ha- got to half twelve after the games, and we we're like, oh, we can stay up another hour. Uh, got to the start of the game, and then naturally, as a UK fan, you watch all of the first half at the very least. Um, and I'm I'm glad we went to bed when we did at halftime because uh, that what was it, 45-point second quarter was absolutely nuts with <laughs> the Jakeem Grant touchdowns. Who uh, Jakeem Grant looked like Tyreek Kill for one quarter of his life, which uh, I'm sure he'll live over telling his grandkids about in the future. He, um, really? Jakeem Grant, who, uh, well, yeah, one reception, 46 yards. He'll be he, telling everybody about that second quarter. He had tonight. the, he had the ball. He had the ball twice in the second half, one one carry for five yards and one catch for forty six yards. It's, it's not the most Tyreek Hill game I've ever seen. No, but for one quarter he went one one for forty six. That on that that mental 
play down the sidelines, and then he had the ninety-seven yard uh, punt return for a touchdown, which was mental. He put um, uh, he put Alan Robinson to shame. He, I hate that. I feel he bad so bad for Alan Robinson. Continues to be anonymous in Chicago. Yeah, yeah. You know, Jakeem Grant is going to be telling his uh, grandkids about that because he is actually Jakeem Grant Senior he is. already. He is already Jakeem yeah. Grant Senior. Right. Something we noticed because he is like five foot five, and we were quite surprised by the Grant Senior on his back. He's like, twenty. I don't know yeah. why we're so He's twenty nine. Yeah, but he looks. But he's like he does look. He's like a kid out there. He oh, might be. He might be person. short. He might be short. If you see him with a helmet off, he looks. 50, he looks like he's fifty-six years old. He is not aged well. I am now fascinated by Chicken Grant. <laughs> <around here. laughs> there's a there's a pathetic level of shade being thrown at Jakeem Grant today, but uh, yeah, that's where we are. Um, oh, he just just he if, does look. He does look really yeah. old, doesn't he? He does. He does look like fifty, doesn't he? <laughs> Just, Justin Fields had a up and down game. Is that is it fair to call it an up and down game? I think he looked good in the first half. I think he you did. can actually say he looked good. At, it two hundred and twenty-four so. yards throughout the game. Two touchdowns, two interceptions, sacked twice. It's uh, it's just the most Justin Fields game he's ever played, isn't it? Like. He looks good for five minutes, then he'll look bad for five minutes, then he looks great for five minutes, and then he looks like he's the worst quarterback you've ever seen for five minutes. I know he's in his rookie year, but God, find some consistency because you will lose your starting job to add Andy fucking Dalton again, mate. Come on. I think I think Chicago just need a complete overhaul there in the coaching staff, and hopefully you'll get... Um, yes, I mean that is a big a that is that is a big problem. Matt Nagy is an absolute moron, isn't he? Yeah, I think he has to go. I think hopefully he'll be put into a better system that's yeah. that he can he can take two more next year. But obviously that's going to be his two years in the league and two new systems when that does happen. So yeah, um, doesn't usually bode well for young quarterbacks. But um, oh. in this case, I think it's a necessity. Yeah, right. Let's uh, let's wrap up the uh, the talk of the action for the week. Um, and let's move on to you got any other business mate it's always weird hearing myself in that accent uh yeah i thought we would um yeah we would thought we'd do something a little bit fun this this week i was i was scratching my brain for a for a topic in any other business but i thought biggest surprises of 2021 trying to be positive here um trying not to slant negative um just think that there's been plenty of teams, plenty of players that have, you know, performed outperformed expectations in the year. Um, with only four weeks left in the season, I think it's a good time to kind of highlight some of those. Uh, the team that obviously jumps out, I would say. Um, well, I'd say there's two teams that jump out, and they're uh, both right at the top of their conferences, just about. Um, I'll start with the Cardinals. Um, I know they're just coming off a loss to the Rams, but the Cardinals are ten and three. Um, that loss to the Rams was their first loss in division this year and I really do think that was a division where a lot of people before the season were expecting the Cardinals to come to finish dead last in um, and here they are still just oh I don't think inching... I would have expected them to come dead last I think the Seahawks were nailed in for that for me hey for you Seahawks but you're still thinking better yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, maybe, you know, maybe second I think I, I, I saw a lot of Previews. I, I saw the Rams winning. Last. I saw the Rams winning that. I, I would. I would put the Cardinals neck and neck with the Niners, sort of maybe scraping a wild card preseason. I think. I think that's where Cardinals were the. Speaking from my own, thing, I, the Cardinals were the hardest team to place, or just about the most difficult team to place uh, or predict. So, yeah. I can. I can. But I. I don't. I just didn't see them going ten and three at this point. I didn't. See, uh, and so in such dominant fashion up until this last week. Uh, Kyler Murray was a player that I thought could take a step forward and become an MVP candidate. Uh, I, I don't think he would do it so spectacularly like he did in the first two months of the season. Um, where he was yeah. just one of the best, one of my favourite th- players to watch for the first two months of the year before the injury. He's um, fun, isn't he? Fun little, fun little yeah. Kyler. <laughs> um, I think you'd like that. Yeah, no, I've got, I've, I've got to agree with you. I think they are a massive surprise. I would have put them right around the 500 mark. I mean, obviously, I know that we can't finish now at 500, but 
know, somewhere around 500 is, is where I would have expected them to be come the end of the season. Um, and they've been exceptionally fun. If I look at their offence, it doesn't, it doesn't scream out. It's still, even now, knowing what we know of the season, it doesn't scream out at me of being particularly dynamic or particularly impressive or explosive. They've obviously just managed to gel and click. Um, and you know, it, it, like if you look at their offensive power and then look at someone like the Cowboys, for instance, you know, like you look at the Cowboys and I think they've got explosive players all along that line. Um, and I don't look at the Cardinals in the same way. I mean, obviously they've got they've got Nuke, so like he's a big, big, big target. But I mean, Christian Kirk, meh. I'm struggling to even name any other receivers on that team. That's how oh, well uh, Rondell Moore, who has had a good rookie season, but he's not the most explosive player in the league, is he? Um, He's, they're just a great example of like a team that's gelled, and they're more like they're greater than the sum of their parts, basically. Whereas you know you could argue that actually, like if you look at the Cowboys, they should that, that offense that off- offense should steamroll most teams, and they kind of stumble to a lot of wins just lately. So yeah, I I, I definitely agree that they're one of the surprise packages in a good way this season. I think I've found exactly where their success lies, and I think it is in their is in the balance. Uh, I think what you're saying there, and that nothing really stands out for them apart from Murray and Hopkins generally, but he has been injured, so his stats don't jump out. Um, but is is their balance actually is one of their good points? Is their success is the reason for their success? They're the only team in the league who are top five among the top five in points per game on both offense and defense. So allowing you know, they're one of the best team one of the best teams on defense and allowing points per game and one of the best teams uh in points scored as well. That makes a massive difference, doesn't it? Huge difference if you can get your defense shutting people down and making you hard to beat. Um uh, I'm not looking I'm not looking forward to the it was cause of JG Watt hype pieces. Um, they're going to come out in the next couple of weeks in their, Has, in their postseason. Hasn't run. he been injured all season? I don't know. He's not been injured all season, but he's not. He's, his stats are not all the way there. He's. A, <laughs> um, I mean, I, I thought you what? he went, I thought he went out with a shoulder injury like week two, and he's not been back since. Like that's how absent he yeah, appears. He's to a me. seven games, so I think you're right. He, put, he missed a few games. Uh, seven games played, one sack. Yeah, nothing, nothing. They're they're basically they're basically putting those run that defensive run together in spite of him, not because of him. Um, uh, I know you've put the Pats down on this list, but that would have been my main main focus. Um, And I'm just going to read what you've written because again, it was more or less exactly what I would have put. You know, if 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 anybody tells me week 14 right now that they had the Pats top of the AFC at this stage preseason. Mm. I say two things. You're a homer or you're lying. No one had them. I think if you ask Bill Belichick he'd tell you that they're going to be a number one seed in the AFC but really he's like oh we're going to be lucky if we make the playoffs. I didn't I don't think I had them making the playoffs. This season, I think I only had the Bills from the AFC North making the make sorry the AFC East making the playoffs. Um, Mac Jones, um, Mac Jones is a very uninspiring yet. You can sort of be confident that he's going to go out there and do a solid job, which is a lot more than can be said for a lot of experienced quarterbacks let alone rookies. Um, so his rookie year is the best, the best that they're, you know, he's, he's the best rookie quarterback this year by a, by a fucking mile, isn't he? Um, and that defence is excellent. Um, it's a, as you say, it's a classic Bill Bellend check team. 
Um, and they just don't beat themselves, which, again, you can't say that about a lot of teams. A lot of teams get in their own way as much as the opponents do. I hate it, Ross. I hate it. <laughs> I'm not a fan either, but it makes it a little bit easier to just swallow because Tom Brady, it's not the Tom Brady Bill Belichick duel, so I can I can just about handle it, and that's that's fine. I've, I, I've, I wouldn't say I've been misquoted, but I, I've definitely let my feelings about Mac Jones known uh, in the pre-draft process and the draft process whenever we're recording the show. Um, I think <laughs> I always thought he was solid. He was fine at Alabama, but he, ha- he had the stars, right? He had Jerry Judy, he had Henry Ruggs, he, he, you know, he had uh, Najee Harris, he had all of the stars in that uh, championship winning season. And you, I just felt like he, you need to put him, surround him with talent. He's not going to win you games by himself. Um, but I think a lot of other talent evaluators felt the same way, hence why four quarterbacks went before him in the draft. So I'm obviously not alone in that thought process. I know you felt the same way about Matt Jones. But funnily enough, I think this is a rare case, or maybe actually more accurately, a perfect example of why it might be better for some quarterbacks to slide down the draft and fall into a better position that's perfect for them. And that's what Matt Jones has found himself in New England. I mean, he's fallen into a better um, team. Like if he if he'd have been if he'd have been one of these top 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 quarterback prospects, he was going to end up at Jacksonville, Detroit, Miami, Jets, Chicago. Like, like fuck it. Like I bet he's laughing his fucking ass off that he felt to wherever the Pats were. Like I can't remember where they drafted. If I'm honest, like. I feel, I feel like in my head, 19, yeah. I don't think it was that low. Yeah, middle of the first round, 15 or 16, I think, yeah. something like that. Yeah, no, I think, still you're, the, I think you're right. I think it was 15, our, 15, wasn't it? Yeah. So, like, yeah, I bet but to he's our laughing point, that still he fell the, far. Still the fifth quarterback off the board. You know, like, it speaks yeah. volumes as to what talent evaluators thought of Mac Jones. Um, and I still think all that holds true. If you, can, if you can't, if you haven't got a cannon for an arm, or you can't really run with the ball, all of those talent spotters think you're average at best, which you know. Yeah. He manages the situ- He manages every situation. of fuck ton better than any other. The other, frankly, idiots that were taken ahead of him. Yeah, I'm being harsh. Yeah. Idiots. They're rookies. They, you know, they're not supposed to come in and be superstars, right? Well, you know, maybe they these lot were supposed to, but you know, it's unlikely. Uh, it's just crazy. No, the the Andrew Lux and the Justin Herberts are and the they don't you know, mention the exception. Herbert in the same breath as Andrew Luck. He's got <laughs> well, a long first way season to go success before he, he before he reaches that echelon. Then first season success, pure rookie season. Um, the Andrew Lux and the Justin Herberts. Um, I can't think of other one. Or Robert Griffin the third. If you really want to think about just rookie seasons. <laughs> um, yeah, but he didn't do anything after that, did he? No, but I think the point being, those are the ex- those are the exceptions to the rule, right? And yeah. uh, so, you Mac Jones coming in, uh, being in the better position. But let's face it, having the number one defense in the league in points per game backing him up is obviously, you know, that's not too shabby a position to be in. Uh, knowing that you only need to put twenty to twenty three points up on the board to win the game, um, and Mac Jones surrounded by the talent with the odd special team score, defensive score. You know, there's enough there for them. It'll be interesting to see in the postseason because the Patriots are going to be in the postseason. Um, if they get punched in the mouth early, go fourteen 0 down um, in the first game in the wild oh, card game or division. Yeah, game. I mean that, that's that's a big limitation. I think we're going to find with Mac Jones. I think in games where their defense does start slowly and the opposition gets up, I don't think he's often going to run you like throw you back into a game, is he? Yeah. So I mean the defense shuts are... everything down, and you might seem that he might slowly drag them back into contention. But mm-hmm. if they've really got a swing, they go three. If they go twenty-one nothing down in the first half, I don't think he. I don't think you're often, if ever, going to see him do a Tom Brady and recover like twenty-five points in that second half. It's going to it's going to need miracles, and I don't think he's a miracle worker. Much like a Carson Wentz, I think. You could get to a Super Bowl with him, sure. He's not going to be producing the 
he's not going to be the you know the main reason that you got there. But he's not going to stop you. He's not. I don't think he's often going to stop you getting there. He's just not going to be the main the main thing that got you there. You know, like a like Jared Goff with the Rams that year. You know, the team the team's getting you there. He's just sort of helping, not really holding you back. It it takes a perfect storm for that to happen, right? Like, uh, it might actually only happen once in his career. If he does have the limitations and doesn't progress from this standard of play, this standard of play is fine for a rookie, like, and it's great, and it's like we say, be, uh, well above expectations. Um, but if this is it of Mac Jones and he doesn't progress anymore, then this might be the one window the Patriots have for years with this number one defense in the league um, and enough offensive talent around Mac Jones uh, to go on and win it all. Um, hopefully not, because I don't want to see the Patriots win it again. Do you want to mention your uh, your favorite quarterback of all time? He is my favorite quarterback of all time. Um, Michigan State Spartan finest, uh, Kirky Cousins, I think has been a big surprise this year. I, I've written down here, really, just because he's not the reason that Minnesota Vikings are losing games, which um, is actually well above any expectations I think anybody had for Kirk Cousins and the Vikings coming into the year. Um, but I, I wanted to find his stats because he didn't. He's just coming off one of his worst games against the Steelers, in which Dalvin Cook did actually win them the game, and that was kind of more what we thought would be the Vikings. But uh, Kirky Cousins has uh, played really well for me this year. I think I don't know if you agree, but um, fifth oh, in the league oh, in touchdown oh, I passes. I absolutely do. Yeah, I think like I, I said it a couple of weeks ago, where like like he and Carson Wentz are having eerily like similar seasons um and i'm impressed by both of them i think you know they've, they've surpassed my expectations 20 uh 27 touchdowns to just five interceptions for kirk cousins this year uh passer rating of uh 104 uh averaging 274 yards a game so you can't say he's not throwing the ball you know he is throwing the ball around the yard um it's just the it's actually the Vikings defense that's been uh, letting them down and special teams because their special teams is awful. They keep keep missing. They've missed a couple of game winning kicks this year, um, which is just dreadful. But uh, yeah, the Vikings are bottom ten in the league in points per game and yards allowed per game, and that's the reason. With Mike Zimmer as their head coach, that can't be the reason you're losing games, and it's not the reason I expected them to be losing games this year, and only. They're right at the, on the on the cusp of the playoffs as a wild card team, but I just don't feel that they they should be in the playoffs. They're going to be in the, amongst those teams like Washington and Philadelphia and maybe San Francisco who are fighting for that last NFC playoff spot, and who don't really deserve to be in the playoffs. Um, but it's not because of Kirk Cousins because he's he's had a phenomenal year. Um, just to, just to add, a, add add a couple of uh, surprises for the season for me. Um, Brandon Ayuk going completely and utterly missing has been a massive surprise. Um, I, I, if if I was there, I mean, obviously we don't know what's gone in the back background, and frankly, it has to be something that's gone on off the field to have caused his sudden unpopularity in the play scheme, in the scheme, right? Like he was the guy last year, and now he's just just not. You don't. Not, I I just don't understand it. Um, it's just massive, massively surprising and disappointing to see he's just not not being involved. It's got to be something off the field. I'd be using him a hell of a lot more. Um, so that's a disappointment. Yeah, I think uh, he's one of a few receivers in the league. One of them we've mentioned uh, already is uh, Alan Robinson. Yeah, who... but that was kind of expected. They franchise tagged him. He clearly doesn't want to be there. I think it was expected that you would hear some rumours and hear rumblings and that kind of thing. I still thought his stats were going to be there, thereabouts. You know, maybe not quite as at peak Alan Robinson because of all the distractions in the background of only being on the franchise tag and not being paid properly. But coming in and just clearly doesn't have any connection with the two new quarterbacks they brought in and Justin Fields and Andy Dalton. Like, they just they don't know where he's going to be on a given route. Um and don't know if that's Robinson's fault or the quarterback's fault. Probably, I would say the quarterback's fault over there. Or even yeah. Matt Nagy's fault, let's face it. Because um, he is still yeah. a dynamic receiver in my eyes. And it's just, yeah, it'd be interesting. It'd be interesting to see if Nagy goes, which, you know, we kind of, you know, 
expectant, frankly, if you're a Bears fan, I guess hope that he does does leave, right? Does, does get booted. It would be, uh... It'd be interesting to see whether Alan Robinson still leaves or whether he gives it another go because, you know, I, I'd, I'd imagine a lot of players would rather make a go of things where they are if there's a change in regime rather than just go, you know what, nah, fuck it. I'm out. That's fair. Um, That's however, fair. Let, me, let me talk about the biggest disappointment, which is a massive surprise of the season. You went positive. I've I'm going negative. It's the Browns. I was going to say. The Browns regression. I was going to say. The Browns regression, man. They looked a really good, really decent, solid team the end of last year. I know there have been a few problems with injuries and whatever, but the regression has been more than than that for me. They've just been crap, frankly, this year. stumbling Stumbling to wins. They've been beaten pretty convincingly a number a few times this year. I think it, a lot of it goes a lot of it goes down to Baker Mayfield for me. I've never been overly convinced by him. I said I, I actually I said in preseason that I was surprised with how negative NFL media often was with Baker Mayfield, and I and I and I am. But I've always had doubts there as well, and I guess you know that. I, I always feel like he gets a little bit of a hard ride. But at the same time, I sort of understand it because it's just... He's really undynamic, isn't he? I agree with you in the sense that I think he's had a hard ride from the, the media um, in the past. Maybe maybe, maybe, maybe that's not actually true. I think some of it might be deserved. He has always been a bit flamboyant, I guess you could, uh, you could say. But I think he's been generally pretty quiet those last couple of years, yeah. and I think Kevin Stefanski's well, been in his year. I think he had a lot. I think he, I think he had a good year on the field last year, and I think that came from yeah. him being quieter off the field. Um, he's <laughs> quiet this year on and off the field. Yeah, and far, no, like, I never want to. I never want to say Colin Cowherd has said something accurate or right, but I sort of, and he's one of his biggest critics as well. But I sort of, I'm starting to think Colin might have his number a little bit. Which is a shame because I always like people to prove Colin wrong. <laughs> it's just such a monumental arrogant prick, isn't he? Right. <laughs> yeah. He really is. But then I think a lot of people felt the same way about Baker Mayfield the first couple of years in the league. So Oh yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Maybe he maybe maybe this is another example uh of uh Brown's Brown's fans couldn't believe their luck. They're like, Jesus Christ, we'll get rid of Johnny fucking football. We get Baker, Bellend, Mayfield in like what the fuck? But uh, he's not quite as bad think, as uh, Johnny Johnny Manziel, is he? No, oh, <laughs> on or off raging the alcoholic. On or off. They the just field. they drafted they drafted a raging alcoholic with their first round pick in <laughs> Johnny Football. Um, but God, I bet I don't know, with Baker fan, Mayfield. AFC North fans are fucking wetting themselves about that. Yeah, oh, Johnny, Johnny football. Just, that just never worked out. But with Baker, and I think, well, okay, going back to the Browns, like kind of zooming out a little bit here, I think the Browns are still in a good place generally. I still think they have a good coach in Stefanski. I think, yeah, I like, uh, I like they have a K, KS. I like Kevin. I do think the defense is talented, obviously, with Garrett and the cornerbacks they have there. Um, mm-hmm. I, th- I still think there's a good unit there, a good spine to the team. Um, they just, like you say, they need to figure out what they're going to do with Baker or if they're going to go quarterback hunting this offseason. Um, and they might have to because uh, st- deciding whether it was the injury this year with Baker or not, um, the stats don't lie um, and the, yeah. the record doesn't lie. And it's it's, no. it's definitely a regression, as you mentioned. Yeah, it's, with with that with that, and just to touch on that injury. I don't understand why he's still playing. I just, I honestly, I don't get it. Are you telling me that they have so little faith in their backups or any but any quarterback that they could potentially get in? Which you know there are a number of people they could get in who could do a serviceable job. You're telling me that it's worth risking his future career by 
making that injury worse just for this season. You ain't going to fucking win the Super Bowl, lads. Bin it. Bin it. Protect your quarterback. Bin it. It's just not worth it. It's a weird. It's 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 just weird. It's weird. I, I don't I don't understand it. And had Carson went to you know, like those ankle injuries he got against the Rams like week fucking two or three or whatever it was, and then he like played against the Titans. I was fuming because I was like, what if he really fucks that ankle? One of those ankles up, and that's it. Like we wasted a a couple of well, not a lot of draft capital as it turns out, but like you know, a second round pick and a third round pick, like. Why? It's just all for nothing. Why take the risk? Well, especially, and now, I've never been the biggest advocate of Case Keenum. <laughs> I mean, I, don't I, actually many. Forgot, I actually forgot that he was there. Case, well, exactly. Case, this Case is, this isn't is, great. But he can do you a job. He's going to win you a couple of games, a couple of those games. Like, if you're, if you're starting quarterback's gone, the best you can aim for is three or four wins off the rest of the season, unless something fucking mental happens and Colt McCoy starts winning games, right? Like, <laughs> Case Keenum's worth worth more than what what the sort of the faith they've got in him. I think. Well, I think a hundred percent healthy Case Keenum is better than a whatever Six, Baker Mayfield 65, was. 70 percent healthy. I've, Baker Mayfield, and at this point, I've. I've no idea what uh, what health point Baker Mayfield actually is because those reports of the torn rotator cuff yeah. were about six weeks ago at this point, and they went on and lost a few ga- a few games where he was just awful. And and Case Keenum he stepped in re- in relief for I think two games, and he was serviceable. He's fine in that system because they rely on running the ball so well. Uh, I just think there were some games and some of those losses that Baker shouldn't have been out there for. And I think a healthy Case Keenum, who is a serviceable journeyman quarterback could have stepped in and been fine and give Baker more of a rest if it truly is the injury that's causing this standard of play because it's woeful at the moment and um, not the Browns fans don't deserve it. Go go and pick up Josh Rosen. <laughs> no, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> I only mentioned it, I only mentioned him because of your uh, because of your fifth five year fifth year option thing. Josh oh, Rosen stuck in my head, stuck in my head there now. <laughs> Um, There's an opportunity then. Right, let's uh, let's let's call it there. We'll wrap wrap it up for week fourteen. The fantasy football bimageddon is over. We're moving on to week fifteen, and for most leagues, week one of the playoffs. Not mentioning any names, but I'm pissed off. Um, Proper leagues, but in better news, the Colts are in the playoffs, and they didn't even have to play a snap this week. Everything is good. Please join us over on YouTube on Thursday morning to see us make our week fourteen, sorry, week fifteen picks. Uh, you can join us over on Twitter at Tough Show Official, and we've got a Discord community where you can come and chat football with us. Ross, thanks for thanks for joining me and helping me steer the ship through the, uh, the 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 troubled waters that was week fourteen. Cheer up! Oh, fucking hell! <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Thanks. I just stay, I stay true to character. Yeah, or at least Alan, Alan was a little bit more dy- dynamic last week, but uh, not much. Anyway, thanks for listening, and until next week, goodbye.